episode 19 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. That familiar voice you hear is Mike. It's me bringing you in today, and I am not with Anth. Anth decided to take his bye week along with the rest of the NHL. So we suspended him for missing the podcast. So we got Brian on today. How are you, Brian? Good. Uh, Brian's good. I don't know if we're doing, like, referring to ourselves as third persons now. So uh, Brian's doing great. Um, I think he's feeling pretty good, and he's uh, glad to be on the podcast with you. Did I refer to myself in the third person? Yeah, I think you did. So I, I, I'm not against it. Uh, I I just, it. <laughs> you just set the tone, so I'm just trying to keep up with it. That's all. I said it's Mike bringing you today. I'm letting people know who's talking. That's yeah, not be, really... Be, because after nine, 18 episodes, they don't know who you are. Yeah, well, that sounds I don't know. about right. Yeah. Sometimes me and, and F, people say our voices are kind of similar. So. No, you sound like you're always about to sneeze. And then, Really? That's yeah, nice. you're always nasally. Like it's like you're like about to just hork a big one into a tissue, <laughs> and then I don't know ants, ants, ants. I don't really know what to say. He's not here, so you, we can chirp him. You always sound like you're hungover. How about that? Uh, well, it's accurate in this circumstance today. So <laughs> I mean, we're good. But uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks. You know I what? guess we I don't should, know. We should, t- <laughs> should let everybody know you took this show on the road today. You're not in your regular place, but you're a trooper, and you made sure you were on for us so that I had a co-host. Look at that. Yeah. I even called you a co-host. You're not a Look guest. Look at that. I, I didn't even know that it would just be you and me this week until like 13 minutes before the show because I was like, oh, Ant's not going to be on the pot. Okay. So, yeah, I feel pretty good that it's like you, you trust me enough to just come on with you one-on-one. I mean, me and Ant did it, so... That was obviously a highlight of this whole series of podcasts, so why not try it with you and me, right? Yeah, and I think our show is going to go much better than yours did. Um, cool. I don't know exactly how to take you gotta that be, one, but sure. you got to be yeah. ready to top what you did last time. That, that oh, I'm, You should be excited about that. I'm excited. I mean, I'm the, like you said, the show's on the road. I'm basically in a room that's painted bright red, so I'm feeling feeling good right now i'm in hamilton i mean let's just rock and roll let's go you know what i mean it was a good night last night from what i remember it's going to be a good day today um excited about this podcast should we give the the audience here a quick little rundown of how your night went do you have any good stories um somewhat tame compared to what I guess well, I get. I don't really want to put a, an image out there of like I'm a wild child because I'm not at all. But well, uh, I mean, not at all. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, maybe I, you shouldn't put you much, shouldn't but... put out a, a completely false image of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I went out. It was a family thing. We went out with a. It was about eight of a, eight of the cousins. We all got together. It was for my cousin's birthday, so uh, we went to this bar that's kind of plays it's retro so you see anyone from like a 21 year old to like a 55 year old at this place and which, you're they're all game for you so that's that's okay i mean i'm the single one in all the cousins so i was being tried they tried to throw me at everybody so i was just trying to enjoy my drink and enjoy my drink in peace but yeah, sure. you know it is what it is you know what i mean i'm that's that's who i am so we're here it's all good <laughs> that's who i am that's who i am you know you know you know yeah. You've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. So before we started recording today, everybody, Brian held up a picture from his phone to the camera and he said, I crushed that last night. And it was a photo of a Big Mac. So yeah, 
Yeah. He's not a complete. Well, I don't know what else he crushed, but anyway, let's get on. <laughs> let's move some, on. Let's, let's move, move on, on to some fantasy hockey. So, <laughs> we had the All Star break, All Star game, and skills competition were the last couple nights. And there were only three nights of hockey this week, as we mentioned last week. Only nine games on the NHL schedule. Two on Monday, five on Tuesday, and another two on Wednesday. So not too, too much to talk about. But there was a player that really shined. He had... Did he shown or shined? It's... Yeah, you've been doing this a lot the last yeah, few I'm weeks of the sure podcast. What, where what is you, it? Like, you don't... I mean, I think he shined. It depends on what tense you're talking about. But we'll, well, we'll go with... We'll go with... He shined. He shined. Yes. Yeah, you were right okay. the first time. I'm gonna Don't get question grammar. yourself. I'm You're gonna good. Get the grammar police on me. Oh. Okay, well, this player that shone slash shined was Oliver Bjorkstrand. He returned from injury. He was fantasy player of the night on the Sunday night, and then he got fantasy player of the night on the Wednesday night right into the break. I love this guy, and I don't know if you listened to episode 14 of the podcast, but it was me, Anth, and Joe on, and we brought up Bjorkstrand, and this is what the conversation was. I do want to talk about Bjorkstrand a little bit, guys. Is he yeah, the real yeah. deal? I don't think. Like, is this his breakout? I don't think so. I think he's just going to be a top nine, top six guy. Like, he's going to be that borderline second line guy. I think I don't see him getting into the upper echelon breakout star like you just pointed out especially on a team like Columbus like right now I I know on a bad team certain players get bumps and they get time that they wouldn't and they get the points that they shouldn't but I don't see Bjorkstrand doing anything special I think he would be one of your like a bottom end guy that if you do want to draft him whether it's next year or if he's on the waiver wire pick him up as a streaming option but he's definitely not going to be any other thing of a mainstay on your roster I think yeah I have to agree with Joe um, there are things Bjorkshank does that I like like I, I do like him and I, I don't think he's going to be that take that next step and become like a 60-70 point guy but he shoots a ton he's a 17th in the NHL in shots so that's that's nice. Nice little bonus if you own him. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think this is his breakout. I think he will be a 30-goal guy moving forward. I I like watching him. I think he's a great player. He's got a great shot. I think this is legit. So if you can snap him up on your wire, I think this is his big breakout. So, Mikey, I expect you to pick him up in our pool if he is available for our week when we play he, each other. He's not available. <laughs> Because I'm totally confident that anyone with him is in trouble. Okay, Joe. We will see who is right on that one. Okay, and just for some additional context, everybody, that was right before Bjorkstrand got injured, and he just returned this week. So we haven't missed December, right? Yes. End of December-ish kind of thing? Yes. So we haven't missed any Bjorkstrand time in all of this. And he came back, he had four goals in two games. So, uh, Brian, what did you think about that clip? <sighs> Buddy, I mean, I don't really know how you can ever have those guys back on the podcast with takes <laughs> like that. Uh, I mean, literally just that was that clip did two things for you. It backed you up because obviously you, you were right on your take. I mean, we're still 45 games into the season, so, I mean, he could fall off a cliff, but... I don't think he will. And it also just threw Joe and Anth right under that bus. And you backed it up 
went forward, backed it up a couple times. I mean, pretty yep. good stuff from you. I agreed with you. I, I've always liked Bjorkstrand. I just think, you know, he never really had never really given the opportunity the full opportunity because of guys playing ahead of him but i mean there's nobody there now so you're only, he's only 24 years old he's still got a lot of time you see guys that take some time to develop and really work themselves into whatever team they're playing on and uh, he's obviously done that i mean he's got four goals since he's been back but if you count back to the four games before he got hurt i mean he's on like 11 points in six games or something and he's got i don't know i think it's eight or nine goals like he's obviously done been doing something and it might directly correlate to the fact that columbus is in a playoff spot as of today so they're playing well he's playing well and you know goaltending is playing well for them and um yeah it was a solid take by you i guess thanks yeah nine goals in his last six and yeah you know what he came right back in played 17 minutes the first night first game when he got two goals and then he played 20 minutes the next game where he got two goals. Torts likes this guy. He's earned his trust. Bjorkstrand has. And I'm going to double down on that. I think this guy's a legit scoring threat moving forward. And, yeah, I threw them under a bus a bit. But I'm happy about that. <laughs> Especially Joe. Because Joe was, like, really He was vehemently against the fact that Bjorks he was like shutting it down yeah. he's like no that's yeah. not happening and if anybody he's a nobody i hate him if anyone yeah. missed that that clip he literally said you're in trouble if you have Bjorkstrand. Yeah. so joe i don't know if you're going to be welcomed by our community here he's in on trouble. again so yeah exactly yeah. you're in trouble you're actually uh, you're a problem so <laughs> um yeah I, he's on he's on pace for 30 goals now i mean i think there was a part in that clip that said you know I think you had said 30 goals or something. Somebody had mentioned yeah, 30 goals. Yeah, I said goals he's, a le- and, uh, he's a legit like threat to score 30 like every yeah. year moving forward. Yeah, and then you got shut down again. And since it's only you and me on the pod and no one's here to you know defend them, that was a great take by you. Um, that was awful by them. So <laughs> good job. I mean, that's, I guess, why you have this podcast because you know stuff. So that's good. All right, thank you. Okay, to the other two guys that had Fantasy Player of the Night, we had Nazem Kadri and Frankie Vitrano. Do you have anything to say about these guys? Do you think they hold like value in fantasy leagues? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're not. They're definitely guys that are probably mostly owned. Uh, not Vitrano. I I feel like Kadri is. I mean, he's kind of on pace to have a season like he did last year with Toronto where it it was not a 30 goal year like he did the previous two but he's you know he's playing he's in a good role he's on a good team he's playing with pretty good players very unassuming I think maybe that's partly because where he played before compared to where he's playing now Colorado even though they're a good team that's just not really they don't get the coverage and obviously we're in Toronto so we don't see them as much I've always loved Kadri he brings something to the game that a lot of teams in today's NHL don't have you know borderline infuriating to watch sometimes because he does stupid things at times but he's a a solid fantasy player he's not a guy that's going to get you like a point a game or you know 40 goals or anything that's going to be flashy but he can hit you know he scores he's a center too so I mean you know if you have leagues that have face-offs he has that and he's pretty pretty good on the draw too he's averaged over 50 percent in his last three years so I like him as a player. Like he's not like a standout great option, but like he's a solid player that you would a lot of teams that win fantasy leagues will definitely probably have him. You know what I mean? That type of guy. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of Kadri's value though comes with that role on that power play, and 
as long as he can stay there, I think he holds a lot of value. He does shoot quite a bit. He's got 124 shots on the season. And he hits. He gets he has 61 hits this year. So I like Kadri as like a bottom of the rotation centerman. Um, 61% owned. So a lot of people do agree with that sentiment. But you got Vetrano there who only has four less points. He only has 15 less shots than Kadri. And he actually hits and blocks a lot more. So Vetrano, like you're comparing two guys here. Vetrano's only 26% owned. Kadri 61 and I think the difference there just goes, it's right. And I think it's just about opportunity. Like Vitrano's playing on the third line right now. He's never going to crack that top power play. So no, not with the guys that are ahead of him in Florida. I mean, they're offensively, they got a, you know, a powerhouse as a squad, but you look at his last, I think Vitrano's got, he's got nine points in his last five games. So, I mean, he's, they're doing something and it probably coincides with Florida picking up their game. Right. So but yeah, he's a power play guy. He's never going to be that just because they got plenty of options ahead of ahead of him, and he's not going to crack that. But I mean, a guy again that you'll take on your fantasy team a hundred percent just because he'll he'll do things that other guys won't. Yeah, and I think he's kind of elevated himself into a guy that people are actually keeping rather than just streaming. Where uh, right, I, I I don't know if I agree with that. I think he's more of a streaming option. I think it's twenty six percent owned. We'll see that drop in the near future because he's not going to sustain this kind of pace he's on. Okay, moving on from Frankie. Did you take in any of the All-Star Game festivities this weekend? Did you watch the skills comp or the game? Um, if that's what you want to call it, then it was might have been on the TV. It was actually, you know what? Uh, Friday night, the skills comp was on at the bar that I was at. So I was kind of half paying attention to what I was doing and half paying attention to the TV. So... Yeah, I, I kind of half did. But yesterday the game was, you know, as typical, it was a joke and nobody cares. So, yeah. How do we make this better? Because, I mean, there's a lot of ideas out there. Not that our ideas are going to go anywhere, but, but hey, you know what? This is a forum to kind of talk about this kind of stuff. So what would you do to make the All-Star game better? Because well, right now it is just boring to watch. Yeah, it's poop. So I think... There's a couple of things. The competitive pace of the game is really never going to change. You're never going to get guys to completely buy in and, and try hard because it's an all-star game. Nobody wants to get hurt. And you know what? As a fan and, and as a guy who's – I completely understand that point of view from players. I get it. But if, the, if there's a big enough purse, if there's a big enough prize for these guys, will that get them to compete? Well, I've always said like, oh, okay, a million bucks a car for like the winner. Nobody cares about a Honda Element. Like, who gives a crap? These guys drive Mercedes <laughs> and like, okay, John Scott won a truck. John Scott, that he wanted that. He loved it. Nobody else. <laughs> he wanted it because nobody else did. So it's like, Patty Kane is not rolling around in, in, a, in an Accord. Like, give me a break, man. So, make, you know what? Make the winning team Here's 10 schmill. You guys divide it amongst how you want. You know what? I might compete a little bit if I'm going to get a million bucks or a million and a half bucks if, if, if that's on the line. That's the only money is the only thing that's going to add like real competitiveness to it. And even then, I still don't think it's going to do it. Other things like. Okay, well, yeah, hold on ahead. a second. Do you think that if they add some sort of, some sort of prize for the team? So the some sort of prize if Chicago wins the All Star game or a player from Chicago wins the All Star game or gets MVP, 
if Chicago gets something along with the player, but like let's say Chicago got an extra pick or something like that. I'm not I don't know what it is, but do you think that would get them to compete? Do you think they care enough about their team to get them to compete? Like we see with the MLB All-Star game, we see that the winning team gets home field advantage in the World Series. And these guys compete. Now, I don't know if it's because of that. Do you think it's because of that? But but that game that game's enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I think with the MLB it's a different it's a different animal just because baseball out of all the major professional sports, it's the only one really where there's no not trying. Like a pitcher can't not throw a fastball. Like it's if you try to throw it like if you if you like oh, I'm just going to loft one in yeah. there like softball. Yeah. Like you're going to get it, you, you might get hurt and then two you're going to look like an idiot because the guy's going to hit out of the park. So yeah. If you don't move, you're standing around and, you know, you're going to, again, look like an idiot. So every other sport, guys don't want to get hit. They don't want to get hurt, which, again, completely understandable. The NHL, the NBA do it midseason. The NFL does it after the season. Guys, they're just there for a weekend. They're enjoying themselves. That That's all it is. Baseball, it is what it is just because I think it's dumb that they have the winner of the game decide the world series because more than half the guys in that game aren't competing for a world series. So they don't care. It doesn't matter to them, but it is the game that closely resembles the most to what a regular season game is. It's the the league that does it where the NHL, I mean, we've seen it. It's just, I think it's the worst one out of all of them personally. Well, that's why like they need to get creative with it. We saw that they, they get creative with the skills comp. I guess we'll talk about that in a bit, but they need to get creative with the game. And you know, we see with the NBA, those guys' egos drive that game. They all want to be MVP. They all want to stand out. That's just the nature of the sport, and the NBA All-Star Game works for them. The NHL guys, they're the furthest thing from ego. All they do is talk about their teammates. It's never a me, me, me. It's always us, us, us. And, I mean, just you could see with the interviews, it's just just Dreadful. terrible. I'd rather, watch, paint I'd rather watch paint dry. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. grass grow. Yeah. I'd rather watch stuff like that because it's bad. So do you got any ideas? What would you do if you were in charge of fixing the All-Star game? I got a couple, actually. So what I would do is, like, if you want to make this... Like, remember when they started the outdoor games and there was a whole vibe of, like, you know, they talked to players about it and it was like, oh, I remember when you were a kid and you were playing outdoors and rinks and all that stuff. If you want to yeah. add that kind of vibe of, like, when you were kids, I think you have your teams voted in by fans, media, whatever. But instead of doing like Central versus, you know, Pacific and Metro versus Atlantic, all 40 guys or whatever the amount of players throws their sticks in the middle of the ice. You get a kid or, or a fan or somebody, you can even have it a competition where you, you know, you try to get, you try to win this prize of getting on the ice and, and yeah. that person throws the sticks in four different piles and you say, okay, that's your team. That's how you play it. And I think that'd be cool because it's like, first of all, Anytime you play shinny in like an outdoor rink now, that's what you do. You go to the rink, there's 10 guys there. You just throw your stick in the middle. You could be playing against your buddy. You could be playing with your buddy. And that'd be how cool would it have been like yesterday where you have David Perron and instead of being with Petrangelo, he's playing against Petrangelo. And it's like, you know, maybe you go in the corner and he, you know, he gives you a little, he rubs you out a little bit because he's, you know, yeah. he's like, yeah, you're, I know I play with you, but even more incentive to like, you know, Maybe not hit you completely, but just I'm going to get a little tough on you and stuff like that. I mean, you could see Patty Kane playing with Ovi. You won't because Ovi's never going to show up to one of these again, but you get my <laughs> point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's not a bad idea at all. 
And it would get people interested in, in just that part alone is the team selection, like who's playing with who. And it would give more of like a like a live element where it's like all the all the lines are gonna need to be determined Anything right after happen. that. Yeah. Anything can happen. And as far as like I know maybe people out there are wondering, you know, what do they do with the jerseys? It's the NHL. They they'll figure it out. They can yeah. make jerseys very quickly. hundred There's enough commercials and crap to, that this can be this can be done. So I kinda like that idea. That that would add a little bit of a cool element to it. You know, I had an idea I thought maybe Maybe instead of looking at division versus division or conference versus conference like they used to have it, what would get re- people really interested is if you had team versus team versus team. Like, how about we get two guys from every team to the All-Star game and we have a two-versus-two two tournament. Every team, we do bracket style. Games would be two-on-two two and we'd have three-minute games and so on and so forth, bracket style. And in the end, you can have any team against any team. You can have Montreal Leafs. You can have Pittsburgh, Washington. You can have Rivals. You can have any combination. Obviously, the brackets would need to work out. However, they do it. They can they can figure out something fun with that. And you have a two versus two tournament. And then at the end of the day, you have any team win one specific team. Maybe they do a team prize. Maybe they give each of the players a million dollars. I think that would get a lot of eyeballs on the screen because you want to see your team and your favorite players win that tournament yeah and i think that would also because the nhl i mean for years we've always talked about there's players that shouldn't be at the all-star game because they're only there because you have to have a guy from every team well you know what that eliminates that problem because you're gonna have two guys from every team so you can do that and you can do it from like just branching off that you can do it instead of like obviously a full rink you can do like blue line in and you have you know one team two teams going on you know blue line you like we used to do you got to clear if you change possession you got to clear the blue line and then jump back in you you know what i mean and you can do that and then and when it comes to goalies like because you know goalies nobody wants to see especially teams don't want his teams and fans don't want to see their goalies there because they don't want yeah, them to get terrible. hurt and the terrible all-star game the all-star game is a joke for goalies because they just get left out to dry so you know what let's shine some light on the women's game. Like, you know what I mean? Have the women's goalie out there. Let's, let's see her do it. And everyone, no one's going to turn that down because everyone wants to support the game. And I think they should. And that's just another way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, and it's not just, you know, you're not just peppering the, the woman with shots. Like she wants to be there. It makes, it makes sense for everyone. And they're more than capable goaltenders. Like they'll probably be better. You know, the, the effort, the, especially the effort the guys give, like, those goalies will be stoning everyone. Like, yeah. I think that's a. I would. I think that would work out just fine. I think that's a pretty, pretty cool idea. Yeah, I think that that would be cool. I think another another kind of cool thing to do is they used to do this way back in the day before I was even born. But you have the Stanley Cup winner of the previous year play an All Star team from the rest of the league. So in this case, you could still do three on three if you want, but. It would have worked out great because they were in St. Louis this year. St. Louis won the cup last year. So imagine you have like, you know, 10 guys from St. Louis. Perron, Petrangelo, all the guys that were there, O'Reilly. And then you have the entire league as a team. So you have East, West, doesn't matter what division. They're all playing together. And they're trying to take they're down all voted the Stanley yeah. They're trying to take down the Stanley Cup champs. Like, I think that would be cool. And you might have a little bit more competitiveness just because, one, NHL All-Stars won't want to get beat by a single team. And then mm-hmm. that team doesn't want to get shown up and dummied by NHL All-Stars. 
So, yeah, and then you got that, the home that, crowd, the home crowd into it too. So it's like, I don't know, that, that'd kind of be cool. And they used to do that way back when, and obviously they've changed it. They've done different things over the years. I don't know, bring that back. Let's try it out for a year yeah, or two and see what happens. That's cool. Yeah, and the cool wrinkle to that is, you know, it worked out so well that St. Louis was the host city and they won the cup. How about we do that every year? You win the cup, you earn the all-star game. And, I mean, logistically, the NHL can, can do it. The, the Stanley Cup's award in June. They got more than enough time to, to do the all-star game in, in the, the cup-winning city. And how about that? Like, you have the home fans cheering against the home team. They get to see all their players there, or most of them, I should say, mm-hmm. against, against the rest of the NHL All-Stars. I think that's awesome. And think about how jacked up the fans would be. Like, if they're ever worried about selling tickets for the All-Star game, they put those tickets on sale a couple days after they win the cup. Whew. They'll sell out like crazy, like yeah. hotcakes. Because you capitalize on fan momentum and fan craziness of excitement of just winning a cup, and they're going to jump right on their computers and buy tickets. Like you got six, yeah. seven months to organize it. <laughs> it's 2020. They could figure this out. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. something that's yeah. difficult to do. Yeah, another thing I was thinking of is like, you know, I don't know if any of you guys out there have played like the NHL video games the last couple years. But they have like a ones mode and it's like 1v1v1 where it's exactly that. Like every man for themselves. So how about they do that? How about you see, you know, Crosby, Ovi, and Aho, Like three of them. Or you have the whole division. You have eight guys, seven guys out on the ice. 1v1v1. And either like uh, elimination style or whatever. And you just work it out like that. So each division has their 1v1v1 game. And then you have the division winners, 1v1v1, and you got one winner from one team. And they get, you know, the sole prize. I think that's an option too. Yeah, and I think that's that would be a way for fans to really root for their own team or their own player. Because it's you're not part of this grander, like, okay, yeah, we're part of the central division. Like, whoo, whoop-dee. Like, nobody cares. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. yeah, I want to see Mitch Marner win because he's on my team or... I want to see, you know, Sebastian Ajo win because I'm a Canes fan because I'm one of four yeah. in the world. But yeah, I think that's a cool idea and it would that's a pride thing for each player cuz you're like, oh, I don't want to I want to win. I want to beat all these guys. I want to be the one player that dominates, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I think that would be a cool idea. Yeah. Cuz you know what? Like even now they say, "Oh, you know, which which players are going to go and represent their team?" Like, okay, yeah, you're representing your team, but are you are you really like you're kind of representing the division. You you're still a team. You're a collective group of guys that are playing on, in, from the same division. Like, I I don't know. It really doesn't mean anything. Like, no. As a fan of a of a team, are you really gonna tune in because your specific player is there? No. You'll tune in if it's all about your player and that specific player can win something. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think that that I, the idea you had would definitely aid to yeah. that and help that because it's like yeah i'm tuning in to watch my player on my team win i don't care about every every other team or every other player exactly. i want my guy to win right and there's a lot of pride in that you can take that as a fan and as a player too you can and you know you know how guys are it's not just in the nhl guys in general you meet your buddy at the bar and you could tell him hey remember uh remember when i was the uh kicked your ass in the all-star game when i was the best player out there wheeling and dealing that you can always hold that over it could be like a little chirp a subtle chirp you know what i mean i wouldn't use it as you know a pickup because women don't care but i you know it's something you can use over your buddies you can chirp and as players you know these guys all go on vacation together they hang out together you know it could be a topic of conversation you know 
Yep, yep. And the All-Star Skills Comp, did you like the the new events that they had in there? What did you think about that? I did. I kind of I I credit the league, the creative team to for just trying to figure out different things to do other than the same events, the same things every time. I I didn't mind. I kind of like that shootout from the from the stands thing. Yeah. I think it it added a different element. I think it kind of probably stole the the show. I think people were pretty like excited to see that. I think the fact that like there was interaction with the fans because they're basically in the seats, but they were there, you know, yeah. the player the players are walking up, they're handing out hats, you know, they're the fans are getting, you know, fist pumps and yeah. all that stuff. I no, think that, it's cool. I, I thought it was cool too. I just I mean, it's year 1, so I'll I'll give them a pass, but they need to figure out they they should do it more like top golf where you know they have further targets on the ice that are worth more than the close targets are bigger they're worth less because i mean they had that 10 right in center ice and everybody was going for that so the other targets didn't even matter unless they missed the 10 and by chance got a two or a four so that's what they need to fix that because there's zero strategy involved like the guys just go up and shoot it like I don't know. It kind of got boring for me, but the event itself, like I think it has some legs. I think they can make it better in the future, but it's a, it was, it was cool. It was a good idea by them. Yeah. I think they, they definitely, like you said, year one, we'll give it, to, we'll, we'll just give them credit for doing it and then they can work out the kinks. I think with all the nets set up around the fans, I think they were just happy that nobody got their head decapitated by a puck. So <laughs> I think that was just the bigger thing. Let's make sure that safety's safety's definitely a concern. I think having yeah. having the highest score, the biggest target. I don't think in any competition it, of anything that's the way it goes. So someone dropped the ball on that, but yeah, I think it's they 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 definitely can work out the kinks. But it's a good idea. I I also think it's something that it'll wear like thin eventually. Like you can't do this for four or five years in a row just because it's once it's been done, you do it a couple times. Okay, then we move on because it's like it's not shocking or awing or like surprising anybody anymore so but yeah i mean i like that i think the the target competition which is something that i think a lot of players actually do like care about you know being like the quickest or the the most accurate having an actual net with targets would be nice this stupid digital box that like you don't hit it right it doesn't light up i think people are kind of that's that was dumb so i don't know what was wrong with just a old school net with targets i think they're 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 good enough that they can be able to switch out those things pretty fast so i don't know why they tried that but you know it is what it is yeah i thought that was kind of dumb too and you know a lot of people get upset because it's like you know barzell beat mcdavid which was which is cool but like is barzell the fastest guy in the league you know does weber have the hardest shot in the league we're not comparing the whole league here. We're playing. We're comparing who's ever at the All Star game. Hundred percent. So th- the right way to do that was you had you'd have all the NHL teams have their skills competition before the NHL skills comp, and you take the winners of all of those events and you send them to St. Louis, and you have legit. Obviously, the show is going to be. 10 hours long so yeah the logistics definitely don't work but, but I mean, if you want to actually view, have the proper winners that is the only way to yeah. really do it but you know what no they don't even need to do that how about you know you take you you get the the scores from around the league and you you bring the top six mm-hmm. so you have chara versus weber versus i don't know whoever has a a heavy shot like Doughty or whatever you have those guys there and that would be like crowning the hardest shot winner and that's another thing. Like, let's get some consistency with these events. Like, 
the accuracy shooting. Sometimes they pass it to them. Sometimes they grab it. So yeah. let, let's let's look because you can't compare from the year before, the year before that, or the skating. They started from standing still, or they skated into their lap. That makes like, a big difference in the speed too. 100%. A huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Like, that's another thing, I think. Have some consistency, and maybe, like, 10 years from now, there'll be an actual conversation comparing one guy to another guy to another guy. Mm -hmm. Because without that, I mean, you, you don't know you don't know who the fastest is. Yeah, I also think it's like, like you said, for the skills, you don't have to have. Like, fans vote, people vote for the All-Star game, All-Stars there. Everyone knows who the All-Stars are. But for the skills comp, you don't necessarily have to have it just between people that were the All-Stars. You can take a guy that, like you said, was the hardest shot. Or maybe there's a guy that everybody wants to see do one thing. He's not really an all-star on his team. He's not going to make it. But, man, yeah. we everyone wants to see how hard his shot is. Well, pick him. Tell him, hey, you're going to the all-stars skills competition. You don't have to be an all-star to go. You just go and do do the competition, right? Like, exactly. you know, there's guys that everyone wants to see. Like, fastest. I think fastest skater, hardest shot are, are things that – guys around the league like it's a it's a it's a talking point it's like yeah i'm the fast like to be the fastest guy in a league and, no matter what league yeah. like that's a pretty good you know pretty good comp yeah. there for you and you know what have a little trophy for it you know like if frankie vetrano has to come back early from his from his break to compete in the fastest skater comp he's gonna do it that'd be sweet and they like because he won the Florida Panther Skills Cup and he's the fastest on Florida. Mm. Well, yeah, he's going to compete against the NHL and he's going to do his lap. And the winner actually gets you are you are the fastest player in the NHL. There's going to be some pride in that. That's so cool. Yeah, I think there'd definitely be pride in that unless you know you ring up somebody who's on a yacht in the middle of the ocean with ten tens with him. I'm not sure the motivation to come back is going to be high at that point. <laughs> But I don't, um, you know, I think Frankie Vitrano probably would, would want to go. But, you know, there's certain guys that would be like, um, video chat me. Do you see what I'm dealing with right now? I am not coming back to St. Louis for a skills competition. So, but yeah, I get your point and I, I agree. Do you think, like, I think it would be cool. Maybe people will find this ridiculous. But, like, you know, if you have your accolades there, like Patty Kane, X-time Stanley Cup winner, X-time Olympic gold medal winner, you know, X-time all-star, X-time NHL fastest skater winner. Like, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool, to be honest with you. I uh, Maybe people will find that stupid, but I think that having that, like, one guy and, and uh, like, a trophy involved, I actually, I think that would, people would be interested in that. I think, I think you're on the ball, buddy. I don't think it was, it was dumb at all. It was a great idea. All right, Brian, let's move away from the all-star game for a second here. I want to talk about this ovechkin Shvechnikov poll that we ran on Twitter. So it was a bit of a, a debate between us and, and at YC Coach, also known as Gratz, <laughs> and uh, we brought it to the people. So we, wrote, uh, we sent out a poll, Keeper League, three-year contract, who are you drafting higher, Ovechkin or Shvechnikov? Brian, let's get your take on it first. A, did you vote? And B, who did you vote for? This is the first time I'm being made aware of this. I have no idea. I don't even follow you guys on Twitter. No, I'm joking. I uh, I did vote. <laughs> <laughs> I did vote. And uh, in I kind of did a, like, without thinking much, I voted for Svech. Okay. Because my kind of theory was, I always, because I'm part of, it, like, a, a keeper league, one thing I always vote is obviously the player at his current level. 
And then you think about what he's going to be in a couple years. But then also another big point is what I can get for that player when I have to trade him. Don't get me wrong. I love Ovi. I was on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about how this guy might win the the Richard. He's still going to put up 40 goals in three years. I get it. I just, in three years at his age, I think Svech will get you more of a haul than Ovi will because I don't think people will, will see him. They'll see him as maybe as a declining asset as opposed to, you know, the stud he is. And mm-hmm. it's not like Svech is a scrub. He's rising. He's a, you know, point of game. He's just going to get better. He's in his 20s. So comparable, I think, great player to have now. And also in three years, when you got to trade him, he's a guy that'll get you probably more than what Ovi will at his age at that time. That's why I picked him like quickly. I didn't really yeah. think about it much. That was like my instinct. That's what I but went with. I, I agree with you. And I mean, I disagree with 58% of the people who voted Ovechkin. And I will disagree till I'm blue in the face. Like I completely disagree with the people that think, you know, you have to go with Ovechkin because his production is better than Sveshnikov's right now, and maybe it will be in three years. You know what? Maybe it will. But in a keeper league, you have to consider age because the risk with Ovechkin, like, yeah, we've seen him compete at a high level for a, for a while now. Well, he's into his 30s, and he's still Ovechkin. But at some point, that's going to drop off, and you will have nothing at that point you won't have an asset because he'll be he'll be much older and you're not going to get a guy like Shvechnikov at that point so I mean I'm one of the I'm a manager who who I'm always thinking long term I'm always thinking I want to be good for the next 10 years I don't want to just be good right now or great right now like I want to consistently compete for as long as I'm in this keeper pool where I mean I guess 58 percent of the people are thinking in the now, which I think is completely wrong. I, I think you're going to lose the opportunity. You're, you're going to lose the opportunity to cash in on a, on a better player. Yeah. I think when any, anytime you're debating, especially, I mean, keeper leagues are very different than a one-off redraft. I mean, in a redraft, I'm taking Ovi. That's, that's the case because I don't have to worry about trading him, but in keeper leagues, one quick way to, when you're debating two players, what you should do is would you trade either one, for the other player. So in three years, would you trade Svech for Ovi? It all depends on the guy. I, I, If I have Svech, I'm not trading him for Ovi. If I have Ovi, I'm trading him for Svech in three years. Now, of course, we don't know what's... Exactly. We don't 100% know if Svechnikov is going to be the exact player he is now. It, there's a lot of, you know, different things to that you don't know for sure. But if he continues at his pace, he is where he's a, you know, over a point, a point a game or over a point a game, maybe scores 30, 35, and he's a stud. Yeah, in three years, I'll trade Ovi for him, but I'm not doing it the other way around. So that kind of just answers your question right there, right? Yeah, it's the risk involved. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. Yeah. We don't know what Ovi's going to be in three years, but we can safely assume Sveshnikov will be performing at this level and probably higher. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting that 58% of the people said, they would have Ovechkin for the next three years in a keeper pool. Well, not just for the next three years. It's having him as an asset. Maybe he's better for the next three. But again, did, you got to get rid of him. Did that go differently than you thought? Than you thought it would, or did you kind of know that that that's where people would lean? I wasn't sure. I honestly, I thought it would be somewhere. I thought Schwech would win, but I didn't think it would be a um, a great margin. But it turned out it was the other way around. I mean, fifty-eight to forty-two isn't huge, but. 
it still goes to show you where the majority of you guys out there, your heads are at. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I think that was an interesting poll. And uh, just to kind of see, I mean, like I said, neither one of us is saying that Ovi is, is a bad player. We love Ovi. I'm, I've always been a guy that loved him. I'm, I'm the, his number one fan. But we're talking about fantasy value, and you got to remove your heart out of the situation. And in three years, it's just one player is on the upswing and the other is on a down tick, even if he still scores 30 goals. That, that's great, but it's fantasy hockey, not, not actual hockey. So it's, you gotta, you got to think of it a little differently. Yep. Another thing that was on this weekend was that McDavid documentary. I guess you weren't able to take it in, eh? No, I didn't see it. I, I well, record. I PVR'd it though, because I will watch it. Okay. Well, so I just wanted to bring up one one little thing here. It was actually crazy how close he was to a missing the season, but b like maybe not even being the same player anymore. Yeah. It, it it's it's actually wild. It's an incredible documentary. Let me just quickly run down what he had, and then I have a quick like little fantasy spin on it. So he had a fully torn PCL. Uh, torn medial and lateral meniscus, fully torn popliteus muscle, complete tear of the posterior capsule, tibial plateau fracture, and what happened was they decided not to do surgery because he'd be out for so long. They decided to rehab it. Actually, just an incredible, extensive rehab program. But eventually, the ligament attached itself, and he's back to how he was. So at first yeah. thought, at first thought, I'm like. Man, you know, does that give people a, a little bit of worry with McDavid? Like in fantasy hockey, like you have this guy. Is he going to start, like, not wearing down, but could he be less of what he was because of this injury? I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know what? It's actually insane, but like he is going to hit another level next year because he spent his whole offseason rehabbing. Imagine when he spends his offseason working on the things he wants to do on, actually being on the ice, because he was not much on the ice much this past year. And with his actual offseason program, like he's so dedicated, it's crazy now what a full year of offseason training that he wants to be doing mm-hmm. will do. Like I think next year he's going to even hit another level based he's on what f- I've seen. He's a freak. I mean, basically... Uh, I'm no doctor, but you're running down all the things he had. And I'm like, in layman's turn, he had no knee. Like, that's pretty much, he just was, yeah. his knee was removed. Like, that's that's what happened. And I, I did hear part where, you know, he was deciding whether to do surgery or rehab. And, yeah, they were saying how if he had done the surgery, it would have been a case of he might not have never have been the same player, which when you're 21 years old like he is or 21 or 22 or something like that, <laughs> It's different when you go through that process when you're 34 because you're like, well, I'm near the end of my career or it's over anyways. But when he's still got 14, 15 years ahead of him, yeah, he's not. He's trying to do everything he can to continue and keep his pace, not lose it or change the way he plays. Because a lot of his game, I mean, he's, I mean, he's so sick. But a lot of his game is predicated on he's just faster than everybody else. And if you remove that part of the game, he's still going to be an unbelievable player. But it changes the way he plays. And obviously at that age, you don't want to do that because that's a huge part of his game, right? Yeah. All right. I think we touched on a lot of stuff from this week. Shall we get into the week ahead, Brian? Whatever's clever, buddy. All right. Now, before we do that though, we got a, we got some business to take care of. We got to give a shout out to our sponsor. Yeah, and I do. thought, you know what? Maybe since you always chirp me about the ad read and you think Anth is way better. Well, you know what? Anth's not here. 
So I'm going to give you an opportunity Oof. to do the ad this week. How do you feel about that? Well, just like I feel about everything else I do. Obviously, I'm going to be great, so it's okay. <laughs> all right, let's hear it, buddy. Go. All right, well, as we all know, this podcast is brought to you by the good people at GT Radio. Their tire, the GT Radial Champier Touring Tire. It's an all-season touring tire that's designed for the latest passenger car and crossover vehicle. Combines precise handling and control with a quiet and comfy ride. Backed by a 100,000-kilometer limited warranty, the new Champier Touring delivers great mileage for an outstanding value. Wow. <laughs> I think wow. I should just I think I should just come on every pod just to do the ad read. <laughs> I think GT Radio is gonna send you a, a DM being like that guy needs to do our ad read every time. I might actually just clip that and insert for every episode. I would if I was you. That's for sure. That, that was damn good. <laughs> okay. I need a I need a break from that. That was so good. I just gotta revel in it and I'm good now. Okay, back. We're back. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of the of the sponsor, we we ran a contest over the All Star Weekend, urging everybody, you know, enter, follow us, follow GT Radio, and pick the MVP. And if you pick the MVP, you'll have an opportunity to win a copy of NHL 20 for PS4. We had a bunch of entries, so everybody, thank you for entering. We had four people pick Pasternak, who won the MVP last night. I'll just give a quick shout out to all four of those people. We had at Brandon Smilly on Twitter. And then on Instagram, we had at Peter Cootie 09, at 37Rags63, and at 23 underscore say. So after looking through this, Rags, you were the actually the only eligible entry because you met all the requirements for the oh. contest. So you have won a copy of NHL 20. We will get that over to you shortly. So congratulations and thank you for being a part of the contest. Were uh, were you guys a little worried because you had like multiple people pick the same guy and you're like, um, no, we knew we said we, we were. How do we, we deal? How do we deal no, with this? We would have just done a draw. We we were very above board on this podcast. We would have let everybody. We already let everyone know. We would have just done a draw, and right. and that didn't even need to happen. So Rags, congrats, buddy. Big fan of the show, so um, it's good good for you. I'm glad you won. I think our goal, and I say our goal because I consider myself part of this podcast now. Oh, I think nice. our goal is to get this podcast to a level where we don't have to have a draw. We can just hand those copies of NHL out to everybody that wins. So, you know, one day we'll get there. And you, you valued listeners, you keep listening, get all your friends to listen, and maybe you can win a copy of Chell in the future. Okay, let's get into a couple questions we'll answer, and then we'll get into the week ahead. So first, we had at MFF support, support turn? MFF support turn. Sure. I think that must be it. Sounds good. Anyway, he asks, was Anthony Duclair a one-hit wonder? He has been awful lately. Yeah, Anthony Duclair has been awful lately. The Sens have been, have been awful lately. Well, they won their last two, but they were on a serious losing streak before then. Um, it's the Senators. I mean, Duclair was running high because he had opportunity, and nobody ever thought it was sustainable, especially me. I, I, I don't know if he's like a one-hit wonder. I mean, he's got some value this year just based on his opportunity, and mm-hmm. I think like as bad as he's been, I think he will be better. He's not going to produce at the pace he was. 
But I don't know. Moving forward, is Anthony Duclair a guy worth owning? I had picked him as my most surprising player because he he was. I mean, it's that didn't change the fact that he was. It's just well, it's a midway mark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I, you know, the next ten games, there's nothing I can do about that. I mean, I think Ottawa. You see, you actually saw them like. First half of the year, they were kind of surprising a lot of teams. They were winning games that probably shouldn't have. But they're definitely coming back to life. I mean, their roster is brutal. They're they're the worst team in the league. So no one should have expected him to continue his pace of like close to a point a game. So, But at the same time, if if there's someone to own in Ottawa, it's probably Duclair. Uh, there's, there's a handful of guys, maybe. But he's still definitely a guy where, you know, if Ottawa plays four games in a week or something like if he's out there, you definitely want him as opposed to, you know, anybody, anybody, a Matt Borowicki or something, you know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. like there's still value yeah. there. I mean, he's probably going to come back. He came back to life, but I don't see him being this bad the rest of the way. No, but I do think that, like you said, I think he's a good streaming option, but at 47% owned right now, I don't think he's going to be available. So, I mean, if you have Duclair, I would be trying to trade him. Yeah, that's uh, uh, use his ownership to your advantage. Forty-seven percent owned, career high in goals, shoots a lot, decent hits and blocks. Use that to your advantage. Try to get rid of him. Try to get rid of him because he's not going to produce like he was. Yeah, and I think that forty-seven percent you'll see over the next few weeks, especially if he keeps continuing what he's doing. That well, that number is going to that number is definitely going to drop. So oh yeah, he's going to be available, and he is definitely he is a guy probably. If you're on a good team or a playoff eligible team in your league, maybe you've been riding him and he's probably a guy that you said, like you said, try to trade him, but you're probably trading him to a team that's a bottom feeder that has a pretty good player that you're trading like Duclair and a pick because that guy doesn't care anyways. So, I mean, he's a perfect candidate for like, I would say if you're a team that's out of the playoffs and you want like, you know, picks or something target a guy who has Duclair and be like look he's struggling he's obviously not the guy who you thought he was Mm -hmm. you know give him give me a seventh or something and I'll I'll take him off your hands you know what I mean like he's a guy that definitely I could see doing that yeah and despite all the lack of goal scoring lately his shooting percentage is still higher than his career average so yeah maybe there's going to be further struggles ahead okay moving along here next questions from at yc06 underscore insider he says, most of us are in multiple fantasy leagues. How does your strategy, drafting, trading, etc., change between keeper and non-keeper pools? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, a lot of times we allude to keeper, non-keeper, and, and the strategy definitely changes. Like, I mean, you saw it right there with the conversation between Ovi and Shveshnikov. Like, I'd rather Ovechkin this year, probably next year, but mm-hmm. in a keeper league, that that's a completely different situation. So... How does the strategy change drafting trading? I mean, I, I think when you have a keeper league, the conversation about age really comes into play, and there's just way less risk with a with a non keeper league. Yeah, right? I think I think the the whole topic, like you said, we kind of got into it a little bit, but there are players that will go first overall, second overall, top five, probably top ten in both leagues for the next foreseeable future, like. McDavid's going number one overall in every league. Keeper leagues, he's not there. But if you start a keeper league, he's going to go number one overall, right? So, but I think, yeah, age, uh, opportunity are definitely things that in keeper leagues you look at way more than in uh, redraft leagues. You know, Nick Backstrom 
means a lot more in a redraft than he does in a keeper league because he's you know he just signed a big ticket again good for him but he's you know in his 30s he's probably going to start declining soon he's not a guy who has obviously good value still a great player but he doesn't mean as much as a guy who's 23 up and coming who's about to break out or breaking out obviously right so yeah the, it just age plays a huge role in how you draft also what you need i mean keeper leagues it depends on who you're keeping so if if you happen to have keep three centers well when you're drafting you're probably not going to go to a center as the first guy you're going to draft because well you already have three of those right so goalies mean a lot more too in keeper leagues than redraft leagues because they're if you don't keep one and if you don't have a good one you're in for a struggle because there's not much on the market when you do draft in a keeper league for goaltending so yeah, I think all those different variables come into factor. Yep. Okay, hope we answered your question there. Let's look into the week ahead. So a lot of teams are still on their bye week. A lot of teams already had it. So we have a, a mishmash schedule here. Uh, we do have a bunch of teams, though, that play four games in Anaheim, Montreal, Nashville, Ottawa, St. Louis, Tampa, Vancouver, and Washington. And then there's a bunch, though, that play three, which is fine, but a lot play two and one. So... Just looking at the schedule ahead, the only heavy night really is Saturday, where 28 of the 31 teams are in action. But other than that, I mean, you should have spots open in your lineup to pick up streaming options, maybe one, two, maybe three. So, I mean, because Saturday is the only heavy night, you want to try to utilize the six of the seven nights to maximize your moves and get guys in your lineups. And, you know, although this week is technically two weeks in Yahoo, there aren't a lot of man games. So anything you can get will help you. Ideally, what what you should be doing, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up a guy for Monday, Tuesday, and then a guy for Wednesday, Thursday, and then someone for Friday, Sunday. So use up three moves and do it that way. So for Monday, Tuesday, there are two teams that play both those nights. It's Ottawa and St. Louis. Both are decent options. Ottawa's got a pretty good schedule. They're home to Jersey, and then they're at Buffalo. And St. Louis will be riding the high off of the All-Star game. But they're on the road. They're at Vancouver, at Calgary. So from these two teams, I like Connor Brown, 5%. He's got six points in his last three games. Or I like Thomas, 4%. He's got six points in his last five. Or even Alex Steen, 3% owned. He's got eight points in his last seven games. Then I'm looking to Wednesday, Thursday. Arizona, LA, and Nashville all play on both those nights. I like Arizona's schedule and Connor Garland and Dvorak. Garland's 12% owned, Dvorak's 18% owned. They're both riding hot streaks here and they're both on the top line with, with Taylor Hall and on the top power play. So there's definitely value there. If neither are available, maybe Callie Yarncrock at 10% owned is a place I'd look. He doesn't have a point in his last nine games, but uh, John Hines, we know how I feel about him. He still thinks it's a good idea to have him on the top power play. So let's let's him, leave eh, Yarn Croc there. Huh? I think you're you're his number one fan, aren't you? Oh, love Old it. Johnny I just boy. love. Let's just watch the power play die with a guy yeah. taking Forsberg's spot that doesn't have a point in nine games. That's just a solid move. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, lovely. But how it is. How is he yeah. going to perform if you don't put him in that opportunity? That's why he's there. You know what I mean? That's what Johnny's thinking, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, I think Nashville's starving for some wins. So Johnny Hines... Better figure something out because he's stru- struggling. Struggling. 
Okay, so then we're going to avoid the Saturday night where it'll be busy, and we're looking at Friday, Sunday. Teams who fit the bill, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Anyone here are actually good options. Their schedules aren't bad. I like Williams at 6% owned, who we should actually discuss. Williams, he had a good game, a second game back. He had two goals on Tuesday night. Do you, What do you think about Williams, Brad? Before I, go I like on. him. He actually got the shootout winner in his first game back, so it didn't register on, on the score sheet. But, I mean, yeah. you, you know, it got him fired up. Um, I like Williams. I mean, somehow this guy perfected the art of – I think he might just do this every year, just being like, <laughs> I don't need to play to have go to training camp and slug it out. So I'm just going to miss half the year and then sign and get my money and play on a team that contending for a playoff spot. I think that's good. I think probably – Carolina was a place he always wanted to go to anyways because that's, you know, the most comfortable there. And he's obviously had his, his career there, most of it. So, yeah, I, I, I like him. And he's still a fantasy-relevant player for sure. I mean, he's he was great last year for what he is, for, you know, a guy who's a little bit older on, on a good team. And you would think that the rust, you know, for not playing half the year, jumping in full circuit in, in, in a league like that where everyone's so fast, he would struggle. But... I mean, it's only two games, but, you know, shootout winner in one, two goals in, in the next. You know, you feel like he's probably, he's comfortable, and that's probably why he he's he started off pretty good. He's barely owned in league, so if you yeah. can pick him, I think if you can pick him up, pick him up now, because it's not going to be long before he that uh, ownership uh, percentage goes up. Yeah, I, I think he's worth a pickup, but, like, that being said, I, I'm not crazy about him in terms of, like, five on five. I don't know if... If he'll be able to work his way up on the top two lines, then fine. But right now he's on the third line, and both of his goal—well, one of his goals was on the power play because he did—he took Eric Hall's spot on that top power play unit, which that's where his value comes in. Mm-hmm. And his second goal was right when the power play expired, so it wasn't a power play goal, but he was still on the ice with the top players. So I like him right now because he's on that top power play, and I think he's worth an ad because of that. But in terms of five-on-five production, I don't think it's there. But, yeah, like you said, you know what? He's worth an ad right now for sure. And at 6% owned, you could probably get him. So, continuing along here, there's also Pittsburgh for the Friday-Sunday games. Dominic Simone, not a bad option. Very cheap. And he's got four points in his last five. Playing with Sid, who's returned, and he's just on a mission. He's Sid. He's back to Sid. Nothing. It's like, didn't (laughs) skip a beat. He's back to being dominant putting the puck behind the net and doing his thing, you know, self-passing and all that stuff. So yeah, he's great. He's dirty. Yeah. And and then there's Washington, who probably has the best schedule out of everybody. They have no back-to-backs, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So that's a solid team. But you know what the thing with Washington is most of those guys who have any value are owned. So I'm looking at Carl Hagelin here. He's 0% owned, but he's got two goals in his last two games. So could be an option there. But I should warn everybody, coming off the break, coaches tend to change the lines around. So, I mean, we'll see where they're at. But, yeah, and, um, and well, and uh, you also have the fact that Ovi's suspended for a game. So somebody's jumping up for at least a game and ha- having some time. Who knows? Maybe it's Hagelin. Maybe he gets a bump. You true. Know, right? True, true, true. Okay, so... That's not here, so we can do our Battle of the Bargains together. We'll get mm-hmm. your pick in. Mm-hmm. We should update everyone on the score, uh, me and Eth. We didn't have uh, finals on Sunday when we recorded last week, but Kevin Hayes did end up defeating Dominic Cahoon, so I am now up on Eth 8-5. to five. The winner was at Hauling the Mail 29 on Instagram. He picked Dominic Kubalik, 
It's a nice pick. Kubalik's riding hot, and he won Battle of the Bargains last week. So if you guys didn't check out that post on Monday, you can go back and, and see that. This week, Brian, who do you got? Because there are a lot of teams that play four times. And, you know, if guys are looking for just one pickup to fill the void here, there are a few options. I could run them down. Do you have your pick in mind already? I got a guy who people, this you know, the name's been around for a long time, um, hasn't seen as much uh, the value as he was earlier in his career. But I'm going to go with Alexander Steen. Uh, he's 3% owned right now in uh, most Yahoo leagues. And he's he's riding hot right now. He's playing really well. Uh, he's both, you know, a bunch of points in his last stretch of games. So I'm looking for him to continue that. Of course, knowing my luck, he'll probably get hurt or not play or something, something dumb like that. But I'm, I'm going to take my chances and I'm going to go with Steen. And uh, hopefully he's going to pull through for me. Okay. So I'm glad you got your pick out of the way because now I want to give you the viewer a bunch of options because these are some guys I was kind of bambing around and you know they all play four times you got Nick Suzuki 11% owned Connor Brown 5% NS 2% there's Robert Thomas 4% Anthony Sorelli 22% wouldn't be eligible for the game but he still may be available in your league Tyler Johnson 14% and Jake Vertanen 11% so those are all guys if you're looking at like one pickup this week any of those guys aren't bad options Personally, I'm not going to go the four-game route. I'm going to go with Christian Dvorak, 18% for my Battle of the Bargains. Arizona only plays three times, but I really like the position that he's in, and I think he can get a few points and take down all of these guys. That's a bold move, buddy. You know, I think it's it says a lot about your confidence in the player, though, because typically we'll always pick a guy that plays the most games just because he has the most opportunity, even if it's a guy who yeah. plays on the third line or maybe not known for maybe getting points, but you're just kind of predicting of who might run into a streak. But to take a guy who's playing a less game, even if it's just one, it's it says speaks a lot about the confidence you have in him of what he's been doing lately. And he's been he's been really good lately. And that team has been firing. I mean, all their players have been playing really well. Dvorak, Gar- Garland, uh, yeah, I mean he's not going to win, but it's it's cool that you it's cool that you did that, right? Just to show the viewers yeah, yeah. that there's there's an option. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, I'm sure Anth will get his pick in, so guys stay tuned for that. The post will go up, and um, Anth who's will get his pick Anth? Who's in and who's we'll keep the... who's Anth? Is I don't know who that oh. is. Does he do a uh, does he do pod, a podcast with you or something? I don't know. He, he, yeah, I mean, not maybe oh. not anymore. Oh, okay. We'll see. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wasn't aware. We'll see of the reception. Who this yeah, person was, but yeah, okay, that's cool. I guess I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, before we sign off here, Brian, is there anything else you wanna you wanna talk about before? Because we don't know when we're gonna hear from you next. So maybe no. Well, I'm thinking pretty soon. Just because. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? But um, yeah. you guys were talking about being. Batman and Robin, and I think it was la- your last podcast or the oh, one before I, or something. One before, I was against that. Yeah, you were against it because you were like, well, you know, Robin. I think everyone knows who's Batman and who's Robin in that relationship. Um, wait, wait, who? You know exactly what I mean. But no, um, I don't. I want you to tell me. <laughs> no, no, we're just gonna let you ponder. Ponder. You think that I'm one. pander? You think I'm Robin? I didn't say that. You said. You just said that. No, because I think that's what you're you're, you're no, getting at here, which I is didn't completely say anything. You know what, false. though? After today, 
you might be switching you might be turning the tide because you've been you've been a rock today you've been stellar leading the way um i'm superman obviously i'm wearing a superman shirt so and i you know i get comparisons all the time so i'm basically that which means i'm obviously better stronger faster than both of you so it really doesn't matter <laughs> but it's you get cool. comparisons to superman well, I look like Henry Cavill. That's what I get all the time. So I'll take it. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm him and Jamie Dornan, who plays Christian Grey. And I'm in a red room right now, so I figure that's oh, pretty boy. accurate. Okay. Not well, this bad. Is gonna, this podcast is going to go took somewhere a turn. nobody wants took a to turn. go. Let's cut it off there. It's been fun being on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me uh, anytime. Okay, Brian, thanks for joining us. Guys, good luck in your pools this week. Take care. Guys.